oh, this is so much better. This is so much better. Yes. Get down. Hey, guys, ladies and gents. How are you? Welcome back to Tater Thoughts, of course, my podcast. And today, guess what? It is a queen deep dive today. I'm so stoked. You guys, I have been waiting for this number. I've been waiting to talk about this for such a long time. I think from the very first dive I kicked off all the way back with Keep Yourself Alive, over a year ago now, I've been waiting to talk about this number because honestly, it's one of my absolute favorites. It has almost more listens than any other Queen song Yes, on my iPod. I still have an iPod, yeah. And I love it because I can see the play counts. And this song racks up the plays. It is so repeatable. Oh my goodness, I can listen to this thing over and over and it never gets old. It's catchy, it's fun, it's sexy, it's hot. It's very hot. I love it. This is Moody May territory. I haven't said that in a while. A long time ago, I gave each of the guys sort of nicknames, if you will, and it was centered around how they write their approach when they do a song. And with Brian May, he's often quite expressive and passionate and introspective. And so when I say Moody May, I'm being very lovable with that term. I love Brian. I love his writing. He is, of course, my favorite composer in Queen. I've mentioned that several times now. Brian's songs, far and away, I think, are some of my absolute favorites. In fact, it's quite possible that my top five Queen songs, and that's very difficult for me to pinpoint. I can tell you songs I love, but to give you my exact top five would be almost impossible because it changes on a weekly, sometimes daily basis. But I would say, yes, my top five, top 10 songs would probably almost all be written by our favorite guitarist, astrophysicist, Brian May. And this is dive number 82. Track number two on Queen's eighth album, The Game, released in 1980. Of course, we've talked about this, how pivotal, this album was in Queen's catalog, how it catapulted them to superstardom, especially in the United States. A particular song on this record that we have not talked about yet went absolutely crazy on charts around the world, but today it's all about Dragon Attack. Dragon Attack. You guys, this song has so much going on. And I don't mean instrumentally. No, the arrangement is not busy. No, you're not going to hear a lot of key changes. No, you're not going to hear a lot of surprising shifts in the rhythms. But what you do get is an incredibly addicting, funky riff. It's very excessive, repeated, cyclic. But you know what? So incredibly catchy. And so fun. And again, hot. We have quite a few solos here as well. 
That's nice. We don't often get that in a Queen song. Queen is usually, especially previously, all about excessive, over-the-top, elaborate arrangements with lots of harmonies, especially layered in the vocals. But here, while we do get a little bit of layered harmonies in the vocals, what we primarily have are focus points. Very strategic, very isolated performances of sound that highlight each of the boys so incredibly well. And that's just one of the other reasons I love Dragon Attack so much. Brian's number, this is rock, funk, a little blues in there, if you will, too. And all in all, it's just, it's just fun. I love this song. And it was the B-side to Another One Bites the Dust in the UK in only the UK. I think this could have played well on the B-side of the US. Another One Bites the Dust single as well, but who am I? (laughs) I wasn't even around back then. This is at 88 beats per minute, which might seem kind of surprising given the energy of this song, but the energy comes from the instruments, the performance. We're going to get into all that and more. We're in one time signature, common time 4-4, and one key, D minor. Like I said, this is minimal. It's sparse. It's very, very simple in its structure. We do have some surprising phrases that pop in and out. So it's not just your straightforward verse, chorus, verse, chorus thing. There are some bridges, some riffs, some solos. In fact, the solos are pretty much slammed together back to back really builds up the tension, really builds up the energy here. So much fire. And Dragon Attack is all about, could be any number of things actually from what I've read and what I've experienced through the song myself as far as how it feels. Is this drug addiction? Party, party. Sex? I mean, take me back to the shack. Or maybe nothing. Now, the shack was actually the sugar shack, which is a place that the guys frequented when they were recording the album, The Game, in Munich. So there are allusions to what they were doing in the moment and what they were experiencing and the partying they were having and enjoying. So again, this could be anything really. And there's a very good reason for that. There's a very good reason for this loose, ambiguous topic. But first, let's talk about the song in general and how it feels and the core of it, the energy of this fiery dragon attack. I'm going to say it again, hot, the hardest rocking thing on the game, that repetitive, addicting, funky riff is enhanced by solos from not one, not two, but three members of the band. And Freddie's aggressive, absolutely edgy vocals carry this thing all the way from start to finish. The grit, the fire, they never stop from the moment the riff rolls in. And it's immediate. Freddie front and center on lead vocals digs into this like nobody's business with a vocal performance reminiscent of earlier hard rockers like Death on Two Legs, perhaps, and Get Down, Make Love. He's full-on embracing funk and soul, and it's fabulous. He does this so well. Brian roars and growls through his guitar with lines that stun 
slapping us in the face. Roger's aggressive, snappy drum riff gets plenty of heat and attitude from our favorite drummer as he attacks his kit with ferocity and a solo that's succinct, but fire. And John, oh, John, the best for last. Him and his solo, him and his dancing bass line, him and his precision and elegance and that melodic delivery. It's one of his best moments. This is easily one of the funnest, most effortless numbers from the boys ever. They all sound like they're having a blast. This isn't a hard rock number, no, at least not in classic queen fashion, but it packs the same punch with a more polished, minimal, calculated, and sharp arrangement. Hey, it's a dragon attack, right? Performed 164 times from 80 to 85, and a live favorite, and for good reason. Talk about an incredible song on stage. This, absolutely perfect. Freddie would get the crowd all riled up with his call and response vocalizations, you know, the usual. The guys would come in with some riffing and rolling and jamming, pretty heavy, actually. And then there's Freddie, all right, all right, kind of blending into it, reeling it in. And Raj would start his manic drumming, falling into that incredible riff. And Freddie is screaming at us, and it's brilliant. The crowd always loved this. The scratches and soaring playing from Brian, his variations and arrangements, and all those surprising riffs and the runs. We never know what he's going to give us. And John is bopping and jamming and killing it on his bass. He didn't always get to display his solo section, but even so, uh, he'd have so much fun on his bass. Hopping an octave higher on that riff, really that bass riff, doubled with the guitar, of course, is what makes this song so catchy. And Freddie's aggressive delivery, playing with the audience, and Roger's perfection on the drums, pushing out that crazy pattern on the right hand. He's so on it, flashing his solo fills here and there. So many performances of this I love. Live at the Bowl, Japan, Montreal, Milton Keynes, take your pick. These are all great. I love this song live. Soul, grit, attitude, loudness, funk, rock and roll, baby. That second verse where Brian chimes in with those awesome sounds and scratches on his guitar. Aside from the intro lead-in, though, we didn't always get a solo from Raj. Super sadness. But this is another number with plenty of poise and tightness. The guys sound so good here. John is so melodic. Everything is edge and it's brilliant. Some fun facts about Dragon Attack. The result of a late night or and or early morning, possibly, probably drunken jam session that was cut and rearranged, which Brian later wrote lyrics for. Now he claimed in the studio with Redbeard broadcast on the 19th of June in 1989, that he was uncomfortable taking sole credit for this song because of the way it was structured. It was a jam session. And then he came back to it. And I don't know if he alone or if some of the others sat down and spliced and put some of these pieces together to create the riff and the different phrases. But regardless, he came in and wrote the lyrics for it. 
hey, Brian, take it. Take the credit, man. (laughs) If nobody's really complaining, which I have a feeling that they did, let's be honest, until much later in their career, every single song was only credited to one person, usually. And that was always a source of contention. But Brian's Dragon Attack. It is his Dragon Attack. Now, Roger has mentioned this song was particularly hard to perform on drums and especially demanding on the right wrist. Speaking of Roger, supposedly, he's listed this as one of his favorite songs out of Queen's entire discography. To add to this, John has supposedly called this his favorite Queen song, at least on that album at the time. It's almost surprising getting this funky, yes, a little bit dance thing from Brian, right? Brian is rock and roll. Really, Brian is core rock and roll. But if you compare, oh, and some ballads, you know, White Queen as it began, there's some wonderful moodiness, as I've said before, with Brian's work. But if you compare the earlier We Will Rock You, the lyrical delivery Buddy, you're a boy, make a big noise playing in the street. You compare that with, take me to the room where the red's all red. Ah, there he is. That arrangement, very similar. Other lyrics in this song reference producer and engineer Mac, Reinhold Mac, and of course, as I previously mentioned, the Sugar Shack, which was a club the boys visited often between recording sessions. Undoubtedly, the club and the party atmosphere, the tunes played in that atmosphere, influenced this track and probably a lot more songs and attitude on the game as well. Band critique. I have comments from the boys. In a 1984 interview, Brian quipped this song was, quote, done very late one night, probably to the morning, probably very drunk, unquote. And later... In a 2000 interview, Brian elaborated, quote, it was put together in an unusual way. We just jammed for a while and put down the basic riff, unquote. And in 1993, in a BBC World Service interview, Roger highlighted the song while talking drum performance, saying, quote, as a drummer, you need a sense of time, a sense of rhythm, a sort of inner clock, and that you really need naturally. You have to have aggression. And lastly, I would say you definitely need stamina. We used to do a song called Dragon Attack, and that was very hard on the right wrist. And in fact, when you watch this number live, and I I mean, I watch all the boys closely. I will watch a song's performance multiple times just to focus on each of them because I'm so wowed with their technique, their execution, their talent, their expression, all of it when they're performing live. Roger on those drums, you watch him. It is so intense. And it really, we're at 88 beats per minute. Remember, this doesn't seem like it should be a difficult song. But it's the arrangement of that riff that makes it so. And when I watch him play, and when I watch John jive out on his bass line, and when I watch Freddie strut around the stage, It's awesome. It's impressive. 
Oh my, is it impressive? I have critique, a little bit of how dare they, unfortunately. In their review for the game, Washington Post called Dragon Attack one of the album's, quote, heavy metal rock and roll efforts, none of which have any distinct passages to separate them from hundreds of other bands, unquote. Sounds was even nastier. Quote, Dragon Attack is the flabbiest example, a meandering maze of sycophantic guitar squeals and unintelligible in-joke wordage that's quite devoid of musical beat, unquote. Okay, before I go on, because unfortunately I have some more harsh criticism, devoid of musical beat, this makes you want to dance. I don't know what kind of musical beat they're talking about because when I hear this, I cannot stop moving, whether I'm cleaning around the house or sitting in my car or doing whatever. This song makes you move. It's incredible that way. So I guess to each their own, but I had to say it. Record Mirror, despite general praise for the album, The Game, wrote of this song, quote, Dragon Attack, despite the title, crawls and sprawls in what sounds like the development of a simple jam, complete with a brief bass solo, one of the few look-ins that Deacon seems to be allowed these days, and what a pity, unquote. Now, there is a little bit of praise in there. They're talking about the bass solo, and obviously they're implying that John deserves more attention, which I would agree with. I wish there were more moments where John shines just that much brighter. In all fairness, I think the guys do strike a wonderful balance between the four of them. And I think they were careful to maintain that balance. But would it have been nice to hear John more? Of course. Anyway, it's still something I thought should be in the How Dare They section, but of course I have some praise. Culture Sonar, in a recent article, named this one of Queen's most underrated songs, listing it at number nine. The article comments, quote, every member seems to be having fun playing this funky, groovy gem, and the fact that it became a live favorite proves that it was equally as fun for the audiences to hear, unquote. On the fan side, People seem to really, really like, mm, love this, especially live. Freddie Strutt, Montreal. And of course, John's bass solo gets a lot of love. But really, Brian too, they would get into a groove with this. And I think sometimes they would extend that outro a little bit. So you get more grit from Brian on his guitar and you get that wonderful riff chiming out from Roger and John, and you also have John giving us a lot of melodic flair on his bass. So there's a lot to love about this live. I don't think I've said enough about how much I love this live. I love hearing it. I love watching it. It's almost better live. It's easily, to me, one of Queen's best live performances. I think just the energy of this number, even though it's very repetitive, and in a way, it makes it more fun I think for the audience that way, because it is, it's predictable. It's fun to sing. Freddie, obviously all the guys, they have a ball with it. Just as I have caught on and just as, of course, Culture Sonar mentioned, every single one of the guys seems to be having fun. And how could they not? It's that riff, immediate, jiving, pentatonic bopping, totally funky. Those symbols like glitter. 
bass and guitar in unison. Ooh, it is hot. Freddie dives in. Ooh, yeah! It's almost like he's singing how we feel the moment that riff starts. I love Brian's subtle accents and fret noises in between the riff notes. Such a perfect touch of personality and sneakiness. Scratchiness, a little bit raw. This just screams funk and attitude and rock and roll. It's a total vibe. It's absolute perfection already. Total repetition, but dang it if it doesn't make you want to dance. Take me to the room where the red's all red. Take me out of my head, that's what I said. Everything but the drums drops out as Freddie makes his request. Actually, it's not a request. (laughs) There's too much swagger for that. It's a demand, and he need not say more. We want to go with him. And the guitar and bass, all doubled up and immaculate, are back. This is so hot. Come on. It's one of Queen's best in this kind of groove. Brian's little heavier, grittier guitar at the end of that first phrase before he and John drop out, and Freddie demands again. But they're back in a flash, falling into a stomping power chord with John continuing that elegant, catchy riff in the background. Gotta get me on the track. Got a dragon on my back. Those longing, aching, yearning, bent guitar notes, and Freddie echoes them in that next phrase. It resolves with a G9 chord with such a nice touch, unexpected, and the attitude just keeps coming. Take me to the room where the beat's all around, gonna eat that sound, yeah, 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 yeah. That is one of my very favorite deliveries from our very favorite frontman ever. Every crash on those cymbals is reaffirming this swag isn't going anywhere. I love it so much. The second phrase of the second verse, John, he gives us some pretty melodic stuff here. Variations of that recognizable riff, big intervals, unexpected, but not unlike John and his elegance and perfection. Hey, it's a dragon attack. I hear Roger, especially in that little added whisper in those vocal layers, emphasizing that spoken, almost shouted phrase. And speaking of Roger, this solo, we don't get this a lot from him. It's too short, but it packs a punch. All those rolls, the crashes, super fast, absolutely impressive. I wish we had more. Roger himself has said he wasn't big on playing solos, but I wish we had more. And Freddie, the way he improvises here, get down. A nice use of phasing and panning on those drum rolls to make it sound bigger and more dramatic. Hello, John. Oh, a bass solo. This might be why I love this song so much. Not only does John serenade us with his melodic bass, he gets a very shiny moment here. And I love Freddie. Hey, hey, all right, scream it out, man. Love it. In this track, it's so obvious how restrained and targeted the boys are with their sound on this record. Stripped and bare, minimal, but how it grooves and how it works. Awesome. But the grittiness returns in full force when Brian screams back in, this time with plenty of distortion and bent entrances, layered guitars, fret noises, and that vibra slap on percussion. Have we ever heard that so prominently in a Queen song? I think not. It's incredible here. Perfectly sneaky, just a bit sinister. 
hey, it's a dragon attack, and it keeps coming. We're only halfway through this. Guitars wailing on the left, stomping on the right, a luscious bass roll from John before the guitars jump back to center. John doesn't ever disappear for long, actually. I could reference so many brilliant moments from him throughout this entire breakdown. Freddie sounds like he's screaming, shouting, doing everything for us, and he'd do more. That grit and scratch in his voice, ooh, this is dirty, it's gritty and heavy, and it's sexy. It's fantastic. She don't take no prisoners. She gotta give me the business. These call and response vocals with the harmonized low down, go down, and then Brian adds more weight with his guitar on those same harmonies. That woodblock accent from Raj, the snappy percussion. Tambourine, baby. Got a dragon on my back, show down, go find another customer, slow down, gotta make my way. That climax, the crescendo, the absolute insanity, insatiable bleeding from the boys, both vocal and otherwise. These harmonies vaguely remind of earlier vocal heavy numbers, like younger queen or suddenly briefly appearing to keep us firmly entrenched in their own kind of rock and roll. And then the riff appears, wait. Nope, actually, John killing it on his bass lines. Brian surrounding us with plenty of rickety, rolling, scathing, and jiving guitars, triple stops. They layer and layer until he begins to wail again on his red special. Roger doesn't quit either. That drum loop, now so familiar, suddenly surrounded by the riff that brought us into this madness— as Brian's guitar solo screeches and scratches on that high fifth, it lingers, bends the note before slipping down into a creature-like snarl. I can't even imitate it. John and Brian in unison again. And we end this just as we began it. I'm going to tell you something about this song that is probably going to shock you. I know every time I've mentioned it on the Queen sub on Reddit, I take a little heat, which I suppose is appropriate given this song, but I like this song more than the one that follows it. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. If you already know the album, you know what it is. But to say it's monumentally huge and important is an understatement. And yes, I like this song more than that one. So I'll leave you with that on Dragon Attack. Brian May's wonderful number. Maybe my favorite Queen composition from him. Okay, no. <laughs> no, that is not true. I love Father to Son. I love Father to Son because that is early Queen in all their glory. But this is a different kind of Brian. And again... Obviously a little bit more collaborative. We have a jam session that turned into this incredibly catchy number with Brian's fun lyrics thrown in there and obviously references to real life things that were happening. Mac, the shack, the sugar shack. But some of this might just have been, let's kick it and have some fun. I'm going to write whatever in the world comes to me. This is great. And we may never know the true range of collaboration with the lyrics here, or if Brian himself just sat down. Another question for Brian. Did you sit down and just knock this out on your own? Would love to know. Anyway, that is Dragon Attack. Check out a live performance. Check them all out. 
Check out a live performance. Seriously, you will be amazed. This is, it's fire live. These guys are so on it when they do this song. I don't think I've heard a bad performance of this. I haven't heard all of them, mind you, but I've heard enough to say that confidently that every time I've heard this, even if there's something that isn't quite the same intensity, it's still a great performance. And that is the mark of a band and of four individuals who are completely honed in and dialed in together like an unstoppable force. Amazing. Check out Dragon Attack. And I'll be back next time. It's going to be a big one. So you might have to give me a little bit of extra time to finish up my research on that end because it's massive. It's going to be a long episode, that one. So bring your popcorn and coffee and whatever else you enjoy. Not together. Coffee and popcorn. Ooh, I don't know. Sweet popcorn. Caramel corn. Okay. All right. I forgot about the sweet stuff. Anyway, before I go off on too many tangents, keep yourselves alive. I'll be back next time. Hang in there, guys. Hang in there. Smile. Look up. Enjoy the music. And I'll talk to you guys again.